Hey, I'm Maddie. And I'm Caressa. You're not watching the Disney Channel right now. You're listening to Dreadfully Twisted. Hello, guys. We're back again this week. We are back again with another crazy story. Is it crazy? It's pretty crazy. Is it as crazy yeah. as the submarine? Oh, let's get into that real fast. <laughs> Hold on a second. I didn't, all I know, I just saw something before, you, like, you came over that they imploded. Yeah, Is I just that seen true? that. Yeah, I just seen that, like, 13 minutes, or, like, whenever I was yeah. at home, like, right before I came over, they just posted it on, like, um, I seen it on Google whenever I searched up, did they find? I just wanted to, like, see if they, yeah, like, the update. I, I've been following it on TikTok. Yeah. I like searched up, did they find the submarine, you know, submerge, submergible thing? And yeah. I seen that it imploded and I was like, oh, <laughs> well, that's, that's really sad. I was hoping that they would like be alive I and know, they would find them, like the last second on the seat, like the oxygen levels or whatever. But like, I don't know, like, did it implode like on the way down there then? I don't know. I want to know exactly did. what happened. <laughs> I think it's a cover up. I think so too. Shh, I didn't say that. <laughs> that was your subconscious talking, not me. <laughs> it was the voices inside of your head. Yep. <laughs> okay, now okay. on to the crazy story okay. for this week. Besides the submarine, here's another crazy story to add the fuel to the fire. I'm anxious. <laughs> okay, but I did want to pick a case that wasn't too, too depressing this week. So, like... Stay tuned for a kind of happy ending. But it's still depressing. It is still depressing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here we go. Get ready for this. Ready? (laughs) Frank Edward, Ed Ray, was born on February 26, 1921 in, forgive me if I pronounce this wrong, Le Grande, California. His parents, Frank Sr. and Marie Ray, were a young couple navigating the world on their own terms. They decided to move to Chowchilla, California when Ed was young because they wanted their son to grow up amongst friends and obtain the best possible education that Ray, that Ray's family could afford. Ed graduated from Chowchilla High School in 1940, and the first time in his life, Ed was forced to truly consider what he wanted to do from that point forward. He decided that he was not quite ready to leave Chowchilla and the comfort of having his family nearby, so he decided to buy a farm close by. At the farm, he grew co- He grew cops. No, he did not grow cops. That is not even possible. He did not grow cops. Cops grow trees, no cops. <laughs> he did not grow the police. Okay. That was great. That was great. <laughs> okay, he grew crops. Crops. And raised cows along with other animals for a considerable amount of time. Though Ed loved his farm and the work that provided that it provided him with, he had felt as though there was something missing from his life, something that was even more fulfilling. Ever since Ed was young, he had always seemed to have a love for his community. So in the early 1950s, Ed decided to try a new career that would allow him to give back to the community. Ed became a bus driver for Chowchilla's local school district, where he spent every day every weekday, picking up the children from their homes, dropping them off at 
the Dairyland Elementary School and driving them all the way home at the end of the at the end of the school day. I think I know this case. Do you? Have you heard of this one? I think so. Ed found this job a lot more fulfilling as his schedule was extremely consistent. Until one day his life changed forever. Dun dun dun. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> The children on Ed's route were all Chowchilla locals. Chowchilla. <laughs> forgive me. I, However you pronounce it. Yeah, talking is hard, so all forgive us. <laughs> in fact, most of them were even the grandchildren of his own former classmates from back in the day when he attended Dairyland Elementary School himself. And of course, as a bus driver, all the children were familiar with Ed, and most of them even looked forward to seeing him at the start of their days. The children on Ed's route were anywhere from 5 to 14 years old, and they all treated him with the utmost respect. But no one could expect what was to come. <sighs> okay. I think Gotta I know prepare this myself case. for this one. Okay. This happened in 1920? Or no? Um, when did this? No, wait. No, he was 1976. Born in, but he was born in 1921? He was born, yeah. He was born in 1921. Yeah, I think I know this case. Do you? I think I do. On the afternoon of July 15th, 1976, Ed was driving his, his usual route to drop off students back at their homes after their second to last day of summer school for the year. Within the bus, there were 19 girls and seven boys. As Ed navigated down the familiar roads of Chowchilla, appro- approaching the first of his intended stops in his route, he noticed something peculiar. 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 That word is hard. <laughs> it is hard. It is a hard word. <laughs> Just ahead of the bus on the usually open road was a singular white van stopped in the middle of the route. As Ed approached the site, he noticed that there was another white van nearby. It appeared as though the white van in the middle of the road was having some kind of difficulty and was effectively stuck blocking traffic. Ed, being the ever-so-helpful man that he was, pulled to a stop just in front of the van and looked around for its owner to see if they were having any engine troubles. As Ed shifted gears and put his foot on the brake, he saw three men, here's another hard word, (laughs) simultaneously, simultaneously, there we go, (laughs) simultaneously exiting the van in front of him. Ed instantly felt sick to his stomach, but it was all too late. The three men each held guns in their hands and wore pantyhose over their face to disguise their identities. I know this you case. Do. I, I do. I was going to say, it's probably going to click whenever I read this. <laughs> yep. Before Ed could react, the three gunmen made their way onto the school bus, and one of them pressed a gun to Ed's temple. In his ear, the gunman told Ed to move away from the steering wheel without any trouble or he would be shot. Ed, with his hands raised, moved out of the way so that one of the gunmen could take control of the bus. Just imagine if that was happening to you. That would be terrifying. It would be terrifying. Like, you're just a bus driver taking these kids. First of all, imagine how scared you would be for all those kids on the bus. Exactly. And like you said, there was 19 girls and 7 boys. Yes. It was just... That's a lot. That's a lot of girls. I know. guys, too. Yeah. But, like, that would just be terrifying because, like, you have to make the right choices in the right times. Mm-hmm. Don't make them mad so they don't shoot any of the exactly. kids. And so they don't shoot you, too. You so have to you walk on eggshells. So you keep the kids protected. Like, yep. you have to, like, be completely careful. It's so scary. It's, it like, one terrifying. wrong move and then it's all over. Yeah. Like, ugh, terrifying. Just, like, it's, it's scary. But go ahead, continue. It is. He started to drive as the other two men patrolled the bus. 
Ed was fully aware that he and the 26 children in his company were in a very dangerous situation, one that more than likely wouldn't be, they wouldn't be able to get out of anytime soon. As the masked gunmen drove into a nearby dry canal, Ed did his best to maintain his silence in fear that they would shoot him if he spoke up, even to reassure the children that everything would be okay. So the gunman at this point took over the bus from Ed? Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, and then the other two were just patrolling, like, yeah, checking so on the like, kids. Yeah, so wouldn't do anything. Yeah. Although the kids aren't going to do anything. Yeah, They're seriously. Probably, <laughs> probably scarred for life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're how their elementary school kids, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Imagine, like, being an elementary school kid in this situation. Like, I would just cry the whole time. Just like, like how school shootings happen. Yeah. Imagine being those kids. Like, Ugh, terrifying. Like, it's, it's terrifying. It's, like, I don't know. Like, having kids is, like, one of my biggest fears. Yeah. Because, like, I would have to send them to school someday. Mm-hmm. And, like, you don't know what could happen on the bus. You don't know what could happen in the schools. You know? Exactly. Like, it's, it's terrifying because people are crazy. I know. And there's, like, so many stories of school shootings that you hear nowadays. It's, like, terrifying. Like, if I have a kid, I'm probably going to end up, like, cyber school yeah, or something like <laughs> it's terrifying it really is the world is a scary place definitely that's why we don't go anywhere alone <laughs> <laughs> bringing that right back around. yep <laughs> uh. okay um let's see let me find my place again okay as a result of Ed's silence, the children began to ask questions, as children usually do, regarding where they were and their new destination. The youngest child on the bus, five-year-old Monica Artery, became fascinated by one of the gunmen specifically, as the legs from the pantyhose covering his face were draped on either sides of his head, looking like the ears of a rabbit. Oh. <laughs> That's, like, so cute. I know. Like, she's trying to find the innocence in it. Exactly. Like, she, she doesn't even know what's going on. All she can think of is... There's a rabbit on the bus. Yeah, like, and like, like she's just so adorable. I know. That. And like, they're probably also asking like, what's going on? Like, why are we doing this? Why are these people have guns? And yeah. Stuff? Like, oh my gosh, it's so sad. You said it wasn't so depressing. <laughs> it's uh, okay. Well, it is depressing, but I'm it's kidding. depressing to an extent. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know the ending. So okay, good. <laughs> Okay, um, Monica's, <laughs> Monica's innocent curiosity in such a life-altering moment further demonstrated to Ed the severity of the reality he found himself in with children who were not even old enough to understand what was going on, although Ed wasn't too sure what was happening either. At the base of the canal, the gunmen proceeded to hurt Ed and the 26 children like cattle into two separate vans, forcing all of them inside one by one. Once inside, the gunmen slammed the van door shut behind their prisoners and turned over the van's ignitions. The vans were stripped of anything functional and contained no food or water. How do they fit all those people in one, one van? No, there was two vans. Two? Okay. Yeah. Did you say that? <clears throat> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. I'm, like, listening, but, like, my brain doesn't process it till like, after the I fact. Know, it's okay. I do the same thing. <laughs> ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> At its finest. <laughs> Okay. Um, as the vans begin to drive off, Ed checked his watch and noted the time of their departure. Crowded in the back of two vans, Ed and the 26 children found themselves being driven 11 long hours with no bathroom breaks and no idea where they were headed. And this was in the morning, too, whenever he was picking them up, right? Yeah. This was, like, on the, like whenever so he when was taking them to school. So when they don't arrive to school, like, they're, 
did the school calls the parents? Yeah, they did. I I think I put something in there okay. about that Sorry. later on. It's okay. <laughs> um, as the children were mostly young, the disregard for driving precautions caused the majority of smaller children to experience motion sickness. Many of the children had to throw up in the back of the vans while other children <laughs> tried to keep the younger ones... Oh, while the older children tried to keep the younger ones calm by singing to cheer them up. So, I know. That's so sweet. <laughs> it but is. at the same time, so scary. It is. By the time it was 3.30 in the morning, Ed and the children had been brought to a Livermore quarry nearly 100 miles from Chowchilla, where they had been abducted. Dazed and confused and absolutely terrified, Ed and the children were escorted out of the un- unmarked vans one by one as they each exited. One of the mass kidnappers made each individual child state their name. Ed could not fathom what was going on, nor could he understand why he and 26 children were targeted for this attack. Why did he make them say their name? I don't know. It's just weird. I don't even understand. Like, what's the point of that? I don't know. I have no idea. Ed had started... Oh. Yeah, Ed had started to assume the worst possible outcomes. The three kidnappers led each individual child further into the quarry. As Ed was ushered forward, he noticed that there was a moving van beneath them. A moving van that had been buried 12 feet under the ground. The only part visible around the dirt was the roof. At the top of the roof was a small opening and a ladder that was lowered inside of the van. Ed realized suddenly that he and the children were being herded deep into the van and they were going to be buried alive. Imagine just, just imagine, just knowing I, that you're going to get buried alive. I can't I, imagine that. I would get so claustrophobic. Uh, me too. And I would start hyperventilating. I would just ugh. because just imagine you're underground with all that dirt. It's probably mm-hmm. heavy, and you can't see anything. It's terrifying. You're gonna run out of oxygen probably yeah. really fast. It's just I can't even imagine that. I like, know. I can't even fathom that. Like it's just so scary absolutely terrifying one by one each of the children were forced to climb down the ladder into the move the buried moving van inside the van were a variety of dirty mattresses uh, mattresses of all shapes and sizes and quite a few containers of water and food how was the van moving if it was buried no it was like a moving van oh like a- <laughs> <laughs> I thought you meant it was moving no. i think i said it like moving van at first and i was like wait i said that i should have said moving van just like <laughs> <laughs> i was taking it literally <laughs> no it's okay <laughs> my fault no i was thinking the it's same. a van that like, you move stuff with yeah <laughs> <laughs> i get that now <laughs> uh. before ed could even speak up the kidnappers proceeded to close the steel plate of the roof of the van to cover the hole that ed and the children had entered through then they heard a thump of dirt begin to be piled over the roof of the van, one shovel full at a time. Some of the children began to scream, and one of them even fainted. I probably would, too. Me, too. Terrifying. <laughs> Definitely. Ed did his best to calm everyone down, but he knew that his own fears were quickly taking over his ability to stay calm. He was positive the roof could not hold the weight of the dirt being loaded on top of it. He feared it would inv- inevitably cave in. With the van itself growing more and more stuffy, Ed looked around at the children, seeing their terrified faces, and then something peculiar happened. 
Wow, I said that right that time. Cool. (laughs) The oldest boy of the group, 14-year-old Mike Marshall, stood up abruptly and stated that he was not going to die without least trying to get out. What a warrior. That's so brave. I know. Like. He was um, only 14. I mean, like, even though he was the oldest of the group, like, mm -hmm. still, like, me as a 14-year-old, I would be too scared to even say that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Me as a 14-year-old, I was so shy. Yeah, me too. I did not talk to anyone. Nope. Nope. (laughs) Social anxiety. Exactly. (laughs) Just trying to be that brave. Yeah. Like, I have to get out of here. Like, and thinking on your feet like that. I know. And Ed is being, like amazing too, oh my god trying to be like with I these know. kids like he is calming them down keeping hero. them like calm like yep he's an amazing guy and like he's all these like thoughts are running through his head too and like the fact that he can keep all these kids calm and like yeah, you know like, he's like we're probably gonna die yeah but, you know i have to make these kids uh-huh. feel like they're safe and you know let them know that i'm here for them and stuff and like having to do that for yourself and 26 or 25 other kids or like people yeah it, it would be like I wouldn't be. I don't know if I would be able to do that. Like, yeah, I don't know how I would Me react either. in a flight or flight response yeah, situation. Same. I have no idea because this guy came up to me in Walmart the one day and was asking me if I can help him with something, and I was like, uh, and I just looked at my my boyfriend. And I was like, <laughs> I was like terrified. I just froze. Yeah. And then like he was like, the guy was like looking at me, and I was like, I can't. And I was, like, <laughs> yeah. And then he just turned around, and asked somebody else, and I was like, was he trying to kidnap me? Because there was a Walmart worker really directly behind him. But he yeah. asked me instead, and I, I looked over at Jeremy, and I was just like, oh, I'm I do. so confused. And then, then Jeremy was like, are you okay? Like, when I ran back to him, and I was like, sorry, I froze. I didn't know what else to do. What could he want? Like, no, I think he was trying so to kidnap me, to be honest. Like, I think so he was weird. trying to kidnap me. Probably, because, like, why would you go up to just one specific female you know, that's with her boyfriend first Jeremy was all. across the, the, we were, like, oh, in the produce aisle. Oh, I was man. by the bananas. Yeah. He was by, like, the onions. Oh, geez. A little bit further. Yeah. Almost by, like, the registers. And, like, this guy comes up to me, and there's literally a Walmart worker directly <laughs> behind him that he looked at before he asked me if I could help him. No. And I like, no. looked at Jeremy. He was like, help me. And then, like, Jeremy was like, what's going on? And I was just like, I literally froze and stared at the yeah. guy for, like, two minutes. And I was like... <laughs> No, and I was like, no, I'm sorry, and I just walked away. <laughs> I would do the same thing. <laughs> I, like now, I know in that situation, I froze. So I feel like if I was in another fight or flight situation, I'd probably would freeze. Yeah. Oh yeah. So them For being sure. like thinking on their feet and trying to like do everything mm-hmm. they can to the, up to this point to like keep each other calm, like singing to each other and stuff like that, and like just this kid being like. I, I need to get out of here before, like, I need to try to get out of here. It's just amazing because yep. I probably would not have that reaction. Yeah, me either. <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. I no, that's okay. No, that's okay. I do that we, a lot. It's good that we're conversing to the yeah to the <laughs> listeners, <laughs> even though some of the stories are completely un- unrelated. Yeah. but I'm sure you guys appreciate them. I hope. <laughs> I hope so. Sometimes I just think I'm annoying. So <laughs> me too. <laughs> I do the same thing. Like I should have said that. Um, Ed stood up with Mike and had the two older. And had the two older boys help out as they planned their escape. The older boys, along with Ed, gathered the mattresses that were in the van and began to stack them on top of each other until the structure was tall enough for someone to stand on top of and reach the roof. Then the boys took their time climbing to the top of the tower of mattresses. While they were climbing, some of the other... (laughs) Please hold. I just totally messed up my... While they were climbing, some 
other children handed them wooden slats from one of the bed frames inside of the van. Once they reached the top of the mattress tower, the boys used the wooden slats to try and dislodge a steel plate that covered the hole in the roof of the van. As they pushed against the steel plate with all of the strength they could gather, Ed and the boys realized that the plate itself was being weighed down with two enormous tractor batteries, just in case the group of hostages tried to escape. How big are tractor batteries? Um, Each battery weighed about 100 pounds. That's crazy. So that's 200 pounds sitting on top of... I that. can't lift that much. No, so. nope. Me I, either. That's... Where would you even get a tractor battery from? I, I don't know. <laughs> and what makes you think of like a tractor battery? A tractor battery, <laughs> like seriously. <laughs> I guess that's what they had. Yeah, I guess so. As the boys tried to move the steel plate and the two massive batteries on top of it, they felt themselves succumbing to heat exhaustion and extreme muscle fatigue as they had not eaten in almost a day and were quite literally suffocating underground. Imagine not eating for a day. I know. Imagine how hungry you would be. And thirsty, like, no, like, ugh, and I can't even. being suffocated underground, yeah. like. And it's probably so hot and stuffy in there. and are amazing. So, ugh, I know. Yeah, just they imagine, really like, are. how, because, like, if you're running out of oxygen, mm-hmm. it's going to get stuffy. You're going to yep. start hallucinating at some yeah, point. Yeah, exactly. It's terrifying. Some of the other children poured water over the boys' heads to try and cool them off. So that's good. They had well, they had water and food inside of the the moving van. Like whenever they there was mattresses and like food and water, but there wasn't. There probably wasn't like much of a supply. Why did they give them beds, food, and water? I don't know. Like (laughs) I'm gonna kidnap these kids. I'm gonna kidnap these kids and I'm gonna give them a bed, some water, and some food. Even though I'm kidnapping them, still doing being terrible. But here I'm gonna be nice and give them stuff. What's wrong with you? Were they thinking they were being a good person? By like no, I hate. It freaks me out when like a serial killer, a killer, a murderer, whatever, a bad person Mm -hmm. that does this does these types of thing, a kidnapper, whatever. And they, like, do something nice for you. Yep, exactly. It's like they're trying to calm you down mm-hmm. after, like, before, like, they do something absolutely terrible to you so you can, like, would trust yeah. them or whatever. But it's absolutely terrifying and freaky that... Like, acting like they didn't just do what they just did. Like Yeah, and they're like, oh, here, I'm gonna be nice to you now. Yeah. What's wrong with what you? What is wrong with you? <laughs> People are scared. They really are. Despite all of their efforts, it seemed as though they were really trapped for good. As well, to their horror, the roof had started to collapse, slowly caving in. But then, with one well-timed push, the steel plate moved. In an almost unbelievable turn of events, Ed and the boys were able to push back the plate and watch as some of the dirt piled on top of the van spilled off of the roof. Ed helped lift one of the older boys out through the hole and instructed him to clear away some of the dirt and debris in an effort to make room for the other hostages. After that, Ed lifted the children through the hole in the van's roof one by one. Once the children were all cleared out of the van, the boys helped to pull Ed out of the hole. They managed to escape nearly 16 hours after they had been buried alive. Just imagine. 16 hours of being in that little space. That's absolutely terrifying. They're definitely With the roof caving in on you yet. Like They were definitely running out of oxygen. Yeah. And the fact that Ed was getting the children out of there and was leaving himself for last. 
just shows how much of an amazing guy he really is he because really he was, was like yeah. sacrificing himself in a way yep. like imagine like what would happen if he got all the kids out and like something would happen to him mm-hmm. like at least he, he'd be like at least i saved the kids exactly yep but it's, it's good that they got him out too yeah because he deserves to get out of there too for sure but it's also terrifying because like you're trying to get out of there mm-hmm. and you don't know if like the kidnappers are outside yeah you don't know what's yeah you don't know if they're out there like waiting for you or like trying like waiting to see if you would try to get yeah. out and like what happens mm-hmm. if they were there like terrifying it is terrifying ed and the children made their way to the quarry's guard shack near the shadow cliffs east bay regional park in an effort to locate help there they ran into a night watchman at the quarry through though (laughs) okay though who (laughs) incredibly confused offered to call the police and wait with the group for their arrival once Local police arrived at the scene. They couldn't believe what Ed and the children claimed had occurred. When officers located the van, they were horrified about what happened. And the children, or what happened to Ed and the children, and relieved that they had escaped. The investigation into who was in charge of the kidnapping did not take long, as one thing was incredibly clear to investigators. Whoever was responsible had to have access to the quarry for long amounts of time in order to bury a moving van of that size. Yeah, just imagine how long it would take yeah. to do that. Because it's huge. And how did they get it that far in the ground, you know? Like, that would take forever. Yeah, so they definitely had this, like, premeditated yeah. and, like, planned. Mm-hmm. I wonder how long it did take them to do that. Yeah, I don't know. Probably, I didn't see like, anything about that. But. Probably a long time. Probably. And why would you even do that? I, I know, yeah, exactly. What, what is wrong with you? Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. I make you lose your place all the time. No, it's okay. I'm, I make myself lose my place. <laughs> Same. I forget everything. <laughs> Rather quickly, investigators were able to locate the quarry owner's son. Then 24-year-old Frederick Newhall was the fourth as he was known to access the quarry frequently during the summer. Once they found Frederick, police were quickly able to locate his two friends, the brothers, James and Richard Schoenfeld. Upon arresting all three of the young men within two weeks of the initial kidnapping, the story began to unfold right before the investigators' eyes. So just imagine you are there and then you have two friends that are just as crazy as you are. And sadistic. Yeah, seriously. How do you get three people like that together? Seriously. <laughs> oh, did they did they go on like sadisticpeoplematch.org? <laughs> that has to like... be a thing because people find people like each other like like themselves all the time. Tinder for serial crime murder <laughs> like kidnapper really? like, things like <laughs> I don't know. It probably <laughs> happens. I don't know. Like how many like it's just crazy it is so this was an actual um news like this was an actual clip like from the news um so i found this and i just wanted to play like a real clip a real quick clip (laughs) talking is hard talking is hard bus carrying the youngsters and driver from a summer school session at Dairyland Unified School was found empty in a bamboo-covered area of the Dry Berenda Slough. There is no doubt the bus was deliberately hidden in the thicket, and dust on the seats indicated the 26 youngsters were not aboard when the bus was driven into the slough. 
The mysterious disappearance would also indicate that at least two people had to be involved, one to drive the bus into the slough and another to guard the youngsters. There were other vehicle tracks on top of the bus tire tracks in the sand. Many of the worried parents were waiting at roadside, while others kept an all-night vigil at the Chachilla police station. So, yeah, that was, like, a real fast clip, but, um, yeah. Just imagine being those parents being terrified. They don't know where their kids I are. I know. And, like, not hearing from them for 16 hours. And they like, probably thought that the bus driver had something to do with it. Yeah, probably. And, like, Ugh, he really didn't. So They're probably like, oh, he, they, he kidnapped my children when he really didn't. And he know? was such a hero. Yeah, like, and, like, <laughs> just, ima- like, just imagine that. Like, you don't know what's going yeah. on. You're terrified. Your children are missing. So, well, you, like... <sighs> after they figured out that they're were three people involved and i'm sure like the parents you know quickly discovered that it was not ed who was behind the whole yeah but at thing. first they're probably yeah at like, first that would have that would have had to be their first thought because that was who was, was with them obviously was driving them yeah to school. that's terrifying it is frederick james and richard revealed to the police that despite coming from extremely wealthy families the three of them had fallen remarkably deep in debt as the men were in desperate need of money, they thought it was best to hold hostages for ransom, like people did often in movies. So they kidnapped the children on Ed's school bus as they all headed home from school because, as James claimed, quote, We needed multiple victims to get multiple millions, and we picked children because children are precious. Okay, how about get a job? Exactly. <laughs> Don't kidnap children to get money. Exactly. Get a job. Get a job. <laughs> Work for your own money. <laughs> Don't hurt little innocent lives. Exactly. That makes me so mad. It does. <laughs> makes me so mad. Oh, I hate that. That's such a stupid motive. It is. Any motive's stupid, but still, It definitely like... is. Oh, my gosh. He said the state would be willing to pay ransom for them and would be willing to pay ransom for them and they don't fight back. What a way of thinking, buddy. You've yeah, got to be really messed up in the head to because you don't think investigators and like detectives and police are gonna like negotiate with you exactly (laughs) they're gonna negotiate for the children and then like i feel like this is a case of like dumb dumb and dumber oh yeah (laughs) dumb dumb and dumber yeah they're all dumb dumbest dumbest and dumbest that's what this is (laughs) that's exactly what this is (laughs) Uh, and they're 24 um so they're my age. Yeah. Yeah, he was 24. I don't know if the... I can't remember if the... Just get a job. Are, you're exactly, just get, get a, a job. job. You're 24. <laughs> like, I don't know. People make me mad. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is now believed that the three kidnappers had been inspired by the story The Day the Children Vanished by Hugh Pentecost, as the details of the story and their kidnapping are remarkably similar. That's, that's a fiction. Terrifying. Is that, is that that's a book, right? Or is that um, a movie? It's a yeah, it's a book. So you're gonna base your plan off of a fiction book. Exactly. A book that's not real. That somebody made up. Wow. Wow. What <laughs> all we have to say is what is wrong with you? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's gonna be our new how, quote. How does <laughs> How does your wires in your brain get crossed that much? Exactly. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, it doesn't even... I can't even fathom it. I just can't. 
That's also another thing that we say a lot. <laughs> yeah. We can't fathom it. We our can't slogans our are, it. what is wrong with you? <laughs> and we can't fathom We can't this. fathom it. And talking is hard. And talking is hard. <laughs> We're going to make shirts with that stuff on. Yes, we need them. Especially talking is hard. That is definitely our, that is our motto. Yeah, that is our <laughs> I can't talk half the time. Either. I don't even know how I even talk on this podcast. Same. Because I edit out all the parts that were wrong. <laughs> Um, there's like an awkward silence after i mess up i like <laughs> good thing editing is a I'm thing like, edit that out because that does not belong yeah. here and boop, never happened <laughs> that never happened <laughs> okay sorry that's okay as well as the book alfred hitchcock's daring detectives was in chowchilla library and would have been accessible to them so those were like the two stories that they apparently based their Imagine basing thing a crime on. off of a book. Imagine getting ex- like getting inspired by a book like that. That's freaking terrifying. Like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> That's all I have to say. That is all we have to say. What is wrong with you? <laughs> okay. Um, let me find my spot. Unfortunately for Frederick, James and Richard, they had been unable to call in their intended ransom demand, $5 million, because every single family of the kidnapped children had been ringing the Chowchilla Police Department in search of the, of the, uh, ugh, can't talk, in search of their missing children. With clogged phone lines, the kidnappers had decided to wait a day to call, to call in, and then, much to their dismay, they saw on the news that same evening that Ed and the children had managed to escape. Their plan had failed miserably, thankfully. And they thought they were going to get $5 million. $5 million. <laughs> uh, this is why I'm... Th- it's dumbest, dumbest, and dumbest. Like, <laughs> if you could just see my face right now. So, face full of disappointment. It, exactly. How could you do this? And why would you think this? Just why? Uh, just why? Why? <laughs> is what my face says. It's literally why just stamped why? all over my face. And what is wrong with you? That's what my face says, too. What is wrong with you? Why do this to children? Because <sighs> you want $5 million, okay? Because you got yourself in debt. Um, Pretty sure that's the last thing a normal person would think of. Like <laughs> The first thing I think of is I got to work. Exactly. Save the money. I got to get a job. And you save know? towards like, my goal that I'm saving for. God. Not go kidnap 26 people. And hold them for you, ransom. Cause you... <laughs> for $5 million. <laughs> uh people are people are people 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 (laughs) these people by the time the chowchilla kidnappers went to trial all three of them pled guilty for robbery and ransom all three were sentenced to light with the possibility to life with this with the possibility of parole in 2012 richard schoenfeld schoenfeld was released from prison and in 2015 james was paroled yeah (laughs) those were dumb dumb and dumber and here comes dumbest are they sure that they're not going to try this again (laughs) (laughs) you got me (laughs) like i don't know i i just don't even understand how how that even worked (laughs) they probably were let out in good behavior or something yeah and the, why did they get um, uh, charged with robbery? Wasn't it like shouldn't they got charged with kidnapping? Yeah, because like, robbery of the kids. <laughs> like <laughs> what? 
<laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh gosh. People are people. People are people. <laughs> Frederick Woods, on the other hand, as the main motivator behind the kidnapping, has been continuously denied parole over the years and remains in prison since his initial sentence. It is important to note that even though all 26 children in Ed Ray managed to survive a terrifying hostage situation back in 1976, the reality of the experience still haunts many of them to this day. Most of the children involved in the kidnapping suffered from anxiety, panic attacks, and a variety of nightmares involving kidnappings and death as a result of the trauma from the attack that's so sad that is sad but i would probably have that too like i also yeah just imagine like that was the scariest time of your life and you're probably afraid it's gonna happen again and Mm -hmm. then like you were little so that trauma sticks with you yeah that's so sad (laughs) most of the children oh i already said that (laughs) (laughs) that's okay (laughs) it happens it happens (laughs) In fact, most of the victims of the kidnappings even reported having continuous symptoms of trauma even 25 years after the incident. The horror that these children witnessed at such a young young age was carried with them throughout the majority of their lives, all because three men spent money they didn't have and needed to pay back. There are plenty of ways to make up your money for the debt you owe, but this is definitely not one of them. No. (laughs) Definitely not. Never do this. Never do this. Don't even think of this as a possibility don't get don't get inspired like they did by exactly. those books exactly wow don't be dumb dumb and dumber dumb okay dumbest 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 yeah and dumbest. dumbest dumbest and dumbest That's don't so do it <laughs> it is it's a little tongue twister oh my gosh <laughs> after the incident ed ray received the california school employees association citation for outstanding service as a result of his bravery and work keeping the children safe on that fateful day. The children gathered together on August 22, 1976, a little over a month after their amazing escape to celebrate Ed Ray. Oh, that's so cute. It's so cute. I know. It's like he is amazing for keeping those kids like calm and safe and all He's, the other kids, like older kids that were keeping everybody safe also deserve He's such recognition. a hero. He really is yeah, a hero. They're all amazing for surviving mm-hmm. that. Like... That's amazing. And, and if you guys want to see pictures of the kids, pictures of Ed Ray and dumbest, dumbest, and dumbest, you guys can look on our Instagram and Facebook and, and TikTok. 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 <laughs> I said TikTok. Oh, weird. Okay, I'm editing that up. TikTok. TikTok. TikTok, because I can't say it. Yeah. So check out our pictures there. Um,. And I'm sorry if you can hear my dogs barking. They're upstairs. <laughs> you probably can hear them because they're really loud. <laughs> Just a little FYI. This is where, you know, it gets, like, sad but, like, bittersweet at the same time. I mean, like, you know. Ed passed away in 2012 at a nursing home in Chowchilla at the age of 91. Thankfully, after all this, he lived a long and hopefully happy life. Despite everything that occurred between the day of the kidnapping and the day he passed away, the children of Chowchilla never forgot what Ed did for them. In his last days, Ed was visited by many of the school children he helped save in the Chowchilla bus school kidnapping 35 years before. That's making me tear up. I know. I'm literally crying they right now. To, I know. That's so sweet that they, like, appreciated him that much. All that those whenever years he later. 
whenever he was like dying dying he, that yeah. they came to see him because he is such a sweet man and he deserves that and i'm literally crying i right know now. i love him like <laughs> crying. Uh, crying for happy tears yeah it's happy point. tears because they all survived but <laughs> exactly still, this could have been avoided and he did live a long life it wasn't like you know like he really did like mm-hmm. he was 91 that's a, a long time yeah <laughs> um in March of 2022, at 70 years old, Frank Newhall Woods IV was granted parole after appearing after after appearing before a parole board 17 times. <laughs> 17 times. <laughs> and they said no every single one of those times. I feel like they just felt guilty and were like, you know what? <laughs> okay, well, anyways, um, he stated... I've had empathy for the victims, which I didn't have then. I've had a character change since then. I was 24 years old. Now I understand the terror and trauma I caused. I fully take responsibility for this heinous act. Although he seems to show remorse and many of the children were able to forgive him, which is takes a lot of freaking courage because I don't think I would. Anybody that can forgive somebody that has done something terrible to them kudos to you exactly you're an amazing person better person than i would ever be because i don't think i would ever be able to forgive somebody exactly. for that because they did something terrible to you i and don't like, think it'll ever make up for the years of trauma exactly. that these children endured but at the same time I, can, I get it though because sometimes people need to forgive them so they can heal and they can move on yeah for themselves they're not forgiving them for them but they're mm-hmm. forgiving them for themselves which so i don't understand. have to carry that with them forever that's yeah. like letting go in a sense yeah and you're healing yeah but like that's crazy he said he had empathy after but he didn't have empathy when it first happened no i think you're just sorry because you got caught and that you're in jail now and And he spent all them years in jail he's probably just wanting to get out so he's obviously so he's like yeah i'm sorry for all the stuff that i've done even though i'm a terrible person i mean even though he's like 70 i mean clearly i don't know he just (laughs) you just shouldn't have done that no it could have been not it could have been completely avoided if you just did not do that exactly. and if you just got your own job and i bet you wish that now yeah because <laughs> all the time like working for the last however many years 50 or whatever because you're 70 now or you were then yeah you could have saved up money and you could have had that five million dollars theoretically like if you worked yeah <laughs> just work for your money i think he would be 71 now because i think that was 2022 mm, yeah but still so yeah like what just, is wrong with you what is wrong with you <laughs> and work for your own and money work for your money <laughs> do not hold people for ransom for your money get a job just get a job save money i know inflation sucks and life sucks right now but get a job you can still save some of that money seriously <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh that story uh, was crazy yeah it was but it was a to ed one. and all those kids like you're all amazing exactly ed you were an absolute hero we love you ed (laughs) we really do we love you you were amazing that's just crazy and like i'm happy that they survived me too because that could have gone so much worse yeah it could have they could have lost people because Mm -hmm. the gunmen could have been even crazier but i completely forgot that they only did it for money like i knew i knew the story because like i heard on a podcast like a year ago yeah but then i forgot like some of the details about it and then, like, as you were, like, re- like telling me, mm. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this. Yeah. Like, the pantyhose stuck with me. Uh-huh. And the rabbit ears yep. stuck with me. And whenever um, whenever you first started, I was like, Ed, this sounds familiar. Yeah. Like, this name sounds familiar. 
sounds so familiar (laughs) and it was but i guess that story was a little bit happier yeah it was because then my last yeah i mean (laughs) it definitely could have been a lot more depressing but oh it could have been i cried so yeah we did (laughs) i did shed a little tear you know when reading it the first time well actually the first time i heard this story i heard it on tv i can't remember Mm -hmm. what it was like it was like some documentary or something but um it was on there and they were like showed the pictures of Mm-hmm. dumbest dumbest and dumbest oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so i was like oh wow they literally look like stupid <laughs> okay i need to look up these pictures now you do do you have them yeah i do here let me see um oh yeah are those yeah. the two that are brothers no those are the two. Oh, those two look more alike. that's the one who's was behind <sighs> everything he looks so creepy he does he really does. They all, yeah. And then what does Ed look like? That's Ed. Oh, he looks like such a I sweet know. man. He was. And this was the, all the beds. That is terrifying. And those are the boxes that had water and food in them. That's just, that's terrifying. Yeah. And then I, oh, here's the picture of the kids. Oh, look how I little some of them are. I know. Oh. All those babies. This oh. was whenever they got together after Oh, like after the fact, it was so sweet. It's so sweet. Oh, there's Ed. <laughs> yeah, he's so. Oh, that's so. That's so cute. Yeah. If you guys want to check out these pictures, check our social medias at dreadfully twisted at podcast. Dreadfully twisted podcast. And if you want to send us cases, send us stories that you have went through. Oh my gosh. She yeah, that's the moving man. <laughs> that's huge. Yeah. How did they get? Th- they must have taken uh, like months. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. What's that? Is that like a probably? That's like a bulldozer. Is it? It looks like a thingy. They probably used that to like get the dirt. Oh, out. they could have. Yeah. Probably dug with that, and then they probably rolled over or top maybe, of the. Maybe that's how they. Well, no. That could have been how they got him yeah. out. Maybe. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But uh, what was I saying? Oh, if you email us at dreadfullytwistedpodcast@gmail.com, you can send us stories that you have gone through. Some of your people that you may know have gone through if you want to read their stories of them surviving things that are crazy either true crime or paranormal or whatever we're open to all that kind of like creepy stuff like that or you want if you want to send us cases that you think we would you would want us to cover or you want to hear about yeah send us in any kind of cases and we will cover them so and we're open to all suggestions all suggestions we were open to yes <laughs> and then you can follow us on our social medias and then you can listen to us pretty much anywhere you can listen to podcasts almost almost <laughs> i'm trying i'm getting there trying to upload on, on all the platforms <laughs> and refer your friends and family if they like true crime or spooky stuff <laughs> and um yeah yeah check on your friends Spread positivity. Spread positivity and love. And stay safe and don't do stupid things like these people do. And don't hold people for ransom for money. Yeah, do not hold people for ransom. Just get a job instead. Yes. (laughs) And have a good day, guys. I don't know what else to say. (laughs) We love you. We love you. We love you guys. Bye. Bye. See you next week.